Welcome back to the Mountains and the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album every other week. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad that you're back with us today. Today, we're continuing our Sign of the Times bonus coverage with Jill Jones' eponymous album. Yes, our Sign of the Times backwards bonus features. We're covering the stuff that's not on Sign of the Times Deluxe, which comes out um, on September 25th. Leading up to that release, when we can cover the entire thing of all the goodies that are included. Yes. Yes, today is the beginning of our Jill Jones extravaganza. That's right. Oh, this is a great album. I was looking forward to covering this album since we started this podcast. Uh, When was that? Before quarantine. So we've been doing this podcast for 24 years. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it feels more like uh, 64 years. Uh, Really, it's been like two and a half. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, the first couple years went really fast. And, you know, now it just seems like we've been in quarantine forever. 2020 is... You know, a million miles yeah, long. and we record a podcast every two weeks, and somehow it seems like every day we do this. Oh, really? Doesn't to you? No. Not that I don't enjoy it, or I wouldn't <laughs> do it at all. It just seems like every time I blink, it's, it's time, time for to another record one. another episode. <laughs> That's fair. But Jill, she recorded an album. She sure did, over the course of many, many years yes. with Prince. And then it finally came out in 1987, which is why we're including it as part of our Sign of the Times Super Deluxe Edition Reverse Bonus Episodes. <laughs> yes, all the things that whet your appetite for Sign of the Times Super Deluxe yes. without spoiling it and for so you. so you can just not touch that album or any of the outtakes until the end of September so they all feel fresh and new and you're not tired of them. That's right. Exactly. That's our approach. That's our approach. So this was released May 26th, 1987. It was the only album that Jill Jones released on Paisley Park Records. Yep. Despite being in the Prince camp since 1980 or so. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot about Jill that I thought I knew that I guess I had forgotten about her upbringing and how she was basically born into um, certainly entertainment and music. Absolutely. Her mother was a fashion model uh, and was African-American, and her father was a jazz drummer and was Italian. So she has a mixed race background. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But was raised mostly by her grandparents until her mother remarried and relocated her to Los Angeles. And she started her singing career at age 15 as a backup vocalist for Tina Marie. Who was her cousin. Right. And whom her mother managed. Yes. And Tina Marie was known as the ivory queen of soul because Mm -hmm. she was often mistaken just listening to her sing as a black soul singer. But uh, she was very white. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Jill met Prince because Tina Marie was the opening act at the beginning of the Dirty Mind tour. And so since Jill was singing backup for her cousin, right, who was opening for Prince on the Dirty Mind tour, that's how they met. Yeah. Really cool. It is very cool. Um also, I did not realize that the man that her mother remarried, her stepfather was named Fuller Gordy. And he was the brother of Barry Gordy, who is the founder of Motown Records. Very cool. So all kinds of entertainment music 
industry stuff swirling around Jill's life. And Jill's uncle was Earl Jones, not James Earl Jones, but just, <laughs> just Earl. Earl Jones, Prince's hairdresser from 1983 oh, to 1989. Very cool. Goodness. So yeah, Jill uh, had deep roots in music and in the Prince camp. Yes, for sure. And probably most people would only recognize her as the waitress from Purple Rain, the pretty blonde waitress who was obviously infatuated with the kid. Yep. I wonder if you would you would you would know that character if you said, Oh, Jill was the blonde from Purple Rain, but if you saw her picture on the album cover, I don't know that you would recognize her as that. I character. don't know that you would because she'd gone back to her dark hair. Which she still has. Yeah. Yeah. And she released a song shortly after Prince passed away mm-hmm. uh, that's very sweet. And, yeah, it is. And um, she's still got some pipes, man. She does. She's got some dance albums that are uh-huh. out and other things that she's done in recent years. Yeah. Uh, you could also see her in the music videos for 1999 and Automatic playing keyboards with Lisa primarily because she did play piano. Mm-hmm. Um, she secretly sang backing vocals for Vanity Six with Prince's band Behind the Curtain. Yes. So she helped support them. She did appear on stage for a couple of songs, according to Prince Vault, what those two songs were. Not known, but like you said, the recording for her album started many years in advance of its eventual release in May of 1987. Most of these tracks were recorded somewhere between 1982 and 1986. So this was in the works for a while, I guess... Prince got distracted with other things. He was fairly busy between <laughs> 83 and 87, yeah. you might say. Also, maybe a little strange that, you know, our last episode, we reviewed the Sign of the Times concert film. And of course, Jill is nowhere on Sign of the Times or in the concert film. And this was all happening just months after her album was released. So right. to me, it would have made a little sense for her to be a part of part it. Of it. Yeah. Uh, she's a great vocalist and competent pianist so she could have although he had two pianists basically on tour already <laughs> yeah. in Dr. Fink and Bonnie Boyer. Yeah. Well, I mean, perhaps because that concert film was filmed so soon after the release of her album, they were still trying to do promotions. She was off doing that stuff. Yep. It got a really good critical reception, yep. but did not sell well in the U.S. Which blows me away. I know, it's a shame, but yeah. I think it's kind of a curse of uh, many... Uh, <laughs> a Paisley Park artist. <laughs> yes, unfortunately. But it did much better in Europe. It got a much better reception. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's certainly possible that she was off doing her own promotion. Which she did after the success that it had in Europe. Um, I did not realize that she, Jill, toured as the opening act for Jody Watley uh-huh. in Europe. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Which is pretty cool. It made me go back and listen to the Jody Watley album from 1987, which has a George Michael appearance on it. Oh, fun. Yeah. And there was a, the video for Mia Boca was like a sepia tone thing shot in Mexico by Jean Baptiste Mondino, who shot the Love Sexy album cover also. So there was some artistic and, um, I don't know, money put behind the album. Yeah, it wasn't completely ignored. It just didn't fare well for whatever reason. The album cover is a real cute picture of her doing a 
Marilyn Mil- Monroe kind yeah. of thing over a sewer that uh-huh. is completely closed. Though. Yeah, exactly. But not the kind of sewer that would blow wind up your skirt either. <laughs> no, but it looks like it could have been windy. Yeah, it's but cute. It looks like it's shot in downtown Minneapolis. Maybe mm-hmm. would yeah, be my guess. Just on a street. HPFS. I didn't even look that up. What's that's that? On, on that's the on the cover? on the uh, manhole cover. Oh, so. Hmm. I'll see if I can find that information and put it on the social media. So social media, you can find us on Twitter at TMATS Podcast, T-M-A-T-S Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, The Mountains and the Sea, a Prince Podcast, or you can send us an email at tmatspodcast at gmail.com. I really like that type treatment on... Yeah, and it was reused on some of Jill's newer stuff, the kind of compressed typeface mm-hmm. with Jill running vertically up and down and Jones running horizontally. It's yeah, cute. I the think that square. the design on this album cover and the inside sleeve is better than a lot of what we've seen uh, yeah. in the 90s and 2000s for albums that we've covered of Prince's. Oh, absolutely. It's very tastefully done. Yeah. And then there's a real pretty picture of her inside, like a close-up on her of her face, so she's looking down at the corner. Yep. Beautiful eye makeup. I wonder if Prince did it for her. Maybe so. <laughs> well, it's so well done, and he always did his own. Um, and then there's, uh, you know, song listing, credits. And there's a... thanks. You've got it over on the other side of the studio, but mm-hmm. uh, does it not have a little statement about each song it does. after I, each one? I thought I'd read that as we cover each Great. song. Yeah. yeah. So. I was going to suggest the same thing. Oh, excellent. We're, we're thinking. And then the disc itself is just very simple. Jill yep. Jones, a listing of the songs, the minimal credits that are required. Yes. And the classic Paisley-shaped Paisley Park uh, logo. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So shall we dive into the music? We should. We're going to talk about the yeah. album, and then there's also remixes and Prince versions. And Some of which we'll cover in this episode. And spoiler alert, we've got a second Joel Jones <laughs> episode coming up next time where right. we'll cover the material that we weren't able to get to in what will surely be 80 minutes of... <laughs> <laughs> recording by the time we're done. By the time we're done, yes. The track that we had, I had an intro that's partly Baby You're a Trip and Mia Boca. Yes. But they're they're all one track. Yep, it is. Some places they're separated out into two tracks. If you read different things and in the video, the <laughs> intro Baby You're a Trip portions left off. Yeah. But I'm sure we'll talk about that next time because we're not talking about it today nope you know that much that's for (laughs) sure (laughs) it was released as a single on april 6th 1987 yep uh despite the credits prince wrote it and only prince jill and claire fisher's orchestra performed on this track it dates back to 1982 or 1983 when prince started writing it and jill recorded Vocals for the first time in November of 1983. It's unclear as to how much was added to that later. There's some, but primarily we've got, we are going to cover in this episode an early version of Mia Boca, which does not have the Claire Fisher strings in it and also has right. Prince vocals in it. And it seems to me that all of Jill's vocals from that version are in this with some added mm-hmm. to the album version. 
Agreed. Yep. Uh, some of the music from this song ended up as the score in Under the Cherry Moon. Yes. Which I think is really cool. Yeah, exactly. You are right. And did you read that uh, they misspelled the word Boca in the credits <laughs> for Under the Cherry Moon? Had only one C? Uh-huh. It's the scene where Mary comes out of her house to mingle with her guests and gets a set of tarot cards from Mrs. Wellington and then tosses them and Christopher, who's played by Prince, catches them in the air. The beat and the Claire Fisher orchestrated music from the version on this album. So there's some fan-made expanded versions of Parade music from Under the Chair Moon that, in- Moon that includes an instrumental version of Mia Boca, which was... Very cool. Yeah, so it does kind of bridge the gap between Under the Cherry Moon and Sign of the Times in a lot of ways for me, just through this one song. Mm -hmm. The first lyrics are from Baby, You're a Trip. It's kind of like a little intro. It bookends the album. Right. You know, the album kind of begins and ends with this series of lyrics Mm -hmm. from um, Baby, You're a Trip. Which is fun. According to Prince Vault, the intro is a separate recording from the last track on the album. But because I'm such a giant nerd, (laughs) I compared them. I put them together. The acapella delivery at the beginning of the album versus at the end of Baby, You're a Trip on the last track. So on the left channel is the intro to the album. The right channel is delayed a little bit, and it's the uh, outro of the album. And if you put them together with a little one second delay between the two, it sounds like a perfect echo. Oh, cool. So to me, with the exception of the orchestration that's under her singing at the beginning of the album and the piano that's playing behind her at the end of the album, the vocal track, if you ask me, is the identical. You are a nerd, but I'm so Thanks. glad that you are. Because that's such a cool thing that I wouldn't have noticed or thought to have done. Well, I was reading about it. I'm like, what do you mean it's a separate recording? It's always sounded identical to me. And I thought that's what made the album, you know, beginning and end. And right. it's almost like a complete circle. So let me check this out. Uh-huh. So I was like, CSI. <laughs> Enhance. 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 Oh, I didn't read the thing from oh, the yeah. album. The thing you said you were going to do. <laughs> the thing I said I was going to do like three minutes ago. Well, I, I didn't that do completely on you. That I'd had nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> Mia Boca, and then the little text that I don't know. It's kind of a descriptor of the song, or yeah, it's like a subtitle. Yeah, something's happening. My body's shaking, baby. Shake, shake, shaking, baby. Shaking like a leaf on a tree. <laughs> You could have all seen that. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So that's pulled straight from the lyrics from the middle of the song. Yeah. All right. All right. And then, so let's get into it. It's got a very 80s sound, but in a really fun way. Yes. We should probably define Mia Boca Uh, also. We'll get get there. Oh, okay. I'll wait. Uh We should do that later is what I said. (laughs) So she says... I have only had one lover since I was 12 years old. And I was like, 
12? Uh, uh, yeah. We've got a 12-year-old, and we know what her interest in is and things like that, which is threat uh, level zero. <laughs> She's just at the age where the kissing on friends makes her a little uncomfortable. But she's not disgusted by it But she's not disgusted by it either. Mm -hmm. But I can't imagine her having an adult relationship, partly because she's my daughter and partly because she's a child. Yeah, but I mean, I could see some 12-year-olds are different than others, so... Some are more precocious. Also, this could be fiction. I'm sure. I'm (laughs) sure it is. But just the thought of somebody having a lover at 12 is... Well, maybe... Actually, you could say I've only had one lover since I was one year old. Well, because yes, right. Well, but yes, she didn't say I've only had one lover in my life. She said I've only had one lover since I was twelve, and that kind of insinuates that twelve is when the relationship started. It It insinuates it, but it's also. Just a quirky number, which happens on a lot of songs on this album. That's there are fair. numbers thrown out there for <laughs> unknown reasons. Mm-hmm. But yes, it does make it sound like at 12, she, man, she could have had like a, a crush on somebody at 12, like a, right. like a teen magazine <laughs> yeah. <laughs> crush. Or, or, you know, it was a classmate or a neighbor or friend yeah. whom she... Maybe uh, she was just nervous around him. And yeah, or like, had a romantic relationship that later developed into a adult sort of relationship. Yeah, it's not. It just seems <laughs> it's troubling in the in the idea that she might have had a lover at well, twelve. She but, started working when she was fifteen, so she is advanced in maturity in years. Fair. Give Jill credit. Fair, and you know, uh, probably fiction. Good. God, I hope it's fiction. <laughs> well, Jill is active on Twitter. Uh, she, I don't want to ask her. We I could ask her. No, I don't want to know if she was sexually active. I don't want to ask her that. I want to ask her if the song had any rooting in her personal history or if it was fictional. Okay. How about that? That's fine. I don't know. All right. So you mentioned... What did I mention? Mia Boca. Yes. So, tu voles la via moca. No. Tu, no. <laughs> tu voles la mia boca. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Google, Ita- Italian. It's Italian. Google Translate gives me, you want my mouth. It could also mean lips. My yeah. understanding is uh, boca is lips or mouth. Right. Um, Agree. Yeah. Yes. So you want my lips, you want my mouth is what she's saying. Basically, Uh the chorus is, you want my mouth, I love another. Yeah. 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 Which actually sounds like a Google Translate in and of itself. (laughs) (laughs) A a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) There was another translation site, sistran.net. It gave me the same, but it gives you some additional options as to what the translate might be. It might translate to like, need, or wish. So you, oh, you, need you, my mouth? you need my mouth. And then mouth could be lips. So it might be you need my lips, but I love another. All right. Yeah. Italian, which is why I mentioned her father was Italian. Unclear to me if she speaks Italian or, you know, this is a song she and Prince wrote. It sounds good. It does sound I don't know. good. I don't know if the Italian's... 
properly pronounced. I have no idea. I mean, we had lasagna this week. That's about as close as I can get to speaking Italian. Well, me too. And my great-grandmother was full-blooded Italian, so. Yep. Yeah. Well, why don't you know it? How could you not know it? You know what I do know? Tell me. Caprice de la Drama. Oh, yeah. Is fake Italian. Oh, really? <laughs> it's it's pseudo-Italian. Okay. <laughs> Caprice means a sudden and unaccountable change of mood or behavior. What a so. weird name for a Chevy car that your <laughs> father used to drive the size of a small cruise liner. <laughs> it did feel like you could take a week's vacation and not leave it. Well, it also felt like you would run over a pebble and it would bounce for like three quarters of a mile. <laughs> That's fair. So fake, false Italian. Yes. Or maybe Americanized Italian. I also wanted to mention a little bit about the music here. When okay. the beat when the beat kicks in at the beginning, it reminded me a little bit of Mountains. It has that little beat accent on part of it that just reminded me of Mountains. It's not... Similar, I don't, I'm not saying they sound the same, but sort of the structure of the drums, the percussion. Reminded me a little bit of the song Mountains. That's a nice observation. Yeah. About the same time period over as, I mean, it falls within the range of this. Mm-hmm. It reminds me, like, this whole album is like the range game on The Price is Right. There's this <laughs> red <laughs> field <laughs> from <laughs> 1983 <laughs> through 1987, and anything that falls within there, it could sound like. You know? Yes, that's fair. There's also a Sheila E. song mentioned in the lyrics. There's something about you, baby, that's got me cuckoo. <laughs> Cuckoo is a uh, song from Sheila E.'s eponymous album that we'll be covering as part of this lead-up to Sign of the Time Super Deluxe 2. Very fun. Yeah. She says, I can't explain what's dancing in my brain, uh-huh. and I really love the way she scream sings that. Oh, it's, it's super fun. Four minutes and six seconds, because yes. I wrote the same thing down. <laughs> I was thinking, man, I wonder, I hope Christy will like this because we've covered some pretty talented albums by women working with Prince, most notably probably Judith Hill, who's an incredible vocalist. Yes. Um, Totally different than Jill. And Jill's album is, I don't want to say it comes off dated. I mean, it does have an 80s sound to it, um, but not in a super trendy way. No, that's Overall. Um, and her singing style is very, I don't know, distinguished. You can tell it's her. And that was the first example of Jill's yelps and screams that appear throughout this album, which it's I read. And I'll reference when we get to it, um, a number of interviews that she's done where Prince encouraged her to be a little more wild and a little more 
almost crazy sounding in parts of many of these songs. Mm-hmm. And that could be one of them right there. Or at least I thought it was the first example of how of her sounding that way. Yeah. And yeah. she does it really well. And everybody can pull off a scream like that. It sounds authentic and uh-huh. it sounds fun. You know, Prince has his owls and uh-huh. screams and that kind of thing. And Jill has her own unique versions of them that are hers. And they're highlighted all over this album, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. And then the bridge is also in Italian. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not going to try and repeat it in Italian because you can, you can say the translation though. Uh, I, I will. Okay, but I'll yeah. play the Italian okay. right here. Sono caliente d'amore. Il mio labio sono resbaloso. Voi tocca il piano. Lo siento. And a rough translation of that is, My love is hot. My labia bounce. You can touch slowly. I feel it. I want another. That sounds like a classic online <laughs> translation to me. This is what I got. Oh, and that was after I like cleaned it up. Oh, cleaned up the language? That, that, yes, like I made it sound more... Oh, cleaned it up as in make it less awkward. Yes. Not removed nastiness. I didn't remove nastiness. Okay. I just made it less uh, awkward sounding. <laughs> That's my less awkward sounding. Oh, wow. This is what I got. I'm hot with love. My lips are boiling hot. You can touch softly. I'm sorry, but I love another one. Oh, Okay. I don't know where you went to translate and got labia. Like two different sites. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's part of why this particular phrase was selected as the cornerstone of the song, though. Because, yeah, because there's a double meaning between uh-huh. mouth and lips. Lips and genitalia. Yes. Yes. Most I definitely agree. so. I agree. Do you have anything else to add about Mia Boca? <laughs> yes. You know, we talked about Jill's vocalizations at five minutes and 30 seconds to five minutes, 36 seconds. She goes from low to high. She's got some tongue rolling going on. It was very brave vocals for an opening track on her so- first solo album, I thought, there. <laughs> And then at 6 minutes and 22 seconds, there's a breakdown and a trumpet that has this very 1987 Prince sound to it. And it's all Claire Fisher Orchestra. It's not trumpet players who work directly with Prince at the time. And then lastly, just talking about the history of the song that it dates back to 82, 83 at... Seven minutes and seven seconds, the last beat sounds very steamy, like there's air pressure being released, like a lot of the sound that we got from the 1999 album that was released close to the time when this was initially, the basic tracks were recorded. So I think it's kind of cool that you can hear some late 80s Prince sounds here, and you can also hear some classic 1982 Prince sounds super cool all mixed in with this song super cool what a nice bridge yeah it five is. years I know that song sat around a while yeah all right and then we have G-Spot credited to both Jill Jones and Prince 
the subhead on the inside of the album is A is for America and for the things you read in magazines. Well, I guess we'll get to there. I have got some questions about that. Okay. It was released as the second single the same day as the album release, May 26, 1987. Didn't enter the charts. No, it did not. Also had a remix that was done by Jimmy Destry, who's the keyboardist and songwriter for Blondie. And we're going to cover that 12-inch remix on our next episode. Super Not this one. Yeah. I felt it was my personal responsibility to make sure I knew what G stood for. Because I couldn't tell you. Oh. Uh, oh, look, she hasn't looked it up. It's I knew a, it was a name. It's like Gravisberger. Very Gra- good. Is that That's Gra- close, right? It is close. Okay. Uh, Gra- Grafenberg. Grafenberg. Yes. Okay. A spot inside female reproductive organ, mm-hmm. right? That yeah. is um, sexually sensitive. Yes, and uh, notoriously difficult to find. Yes. Primarily because... It's not confirmed to really exist. It's actually probably a part of the most sensitive female organ that is much larger than they realized until the past 20 years or so that the clitoris is much larger. There's a much larger internal portion of it, and it's actually believed to be an extension of that. Thank you for attending Sex Education (laughs) with Josh and Christy. (laughs) Now, when two people really love each other, Christy. (laughs) Uh, So this was a song that Prince had recorded about the same time as Mia Boca back Mm -hmm. in May of 1983. There's an entire version that is Prince's. Mm -hmm. Um, It was written and recorded, um, considered for the second Vanity Six album for Purple Rain before Vanity left the Prince camp. Um, and its title appears in versions of the script for Purple Rain as late as October 1983. So it was yeah, a candidate right for recording. being in there. Yeah. 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 In the movie, the song was to be form- performed by Prince, but it was ultimately cut from the script before uh, shooting started in November of 1983. Jill Jones is not the only one to have cut lead vocals for this besides Prince, too, because Vanity had her version and both recorded their vocals for it at Prince's home studio. Vanity's version, according to Prince Vault, was thought to be done in spring of 1983, and Jill's were done sometime after Vanity was out of the picture, which is probably later that same summer. And then Prince brought it back out in early 1986 and did some more mixing for this album. Yep. I really loved this song lyrically i think it's super super fun the way it oh, spells so out finally uh-huh and, and i had never put together i mean i've listened to the song for probably since 1987 mm. maybe is when i got the prince version of it mm-hmm. um it certainly had jill jones's cd the cd that we're looking at right now i've had since the day it was released right and never put together what they were spelling, spelling. Yeah. oh really yeah. i really like the way they break it up too mm-hmm because uh, F-I-N is French for the end. Right. So I thought that was kind of Yeah, and fitting. it's used in music too, right? Yeah. And music yes. notes, they're at the end of it. Fin is at the kind of in italic and mm-hmm. on music staffs, that kind of thing. Yes, like that's the end. Yeah. And then all, you uh-huh. know, like that would be the all. Yeah, A-L-L. Of a, yeah, yeah, of a sexual act. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then Y, y. could also yeah. be, you know, W-H-Y uh-huh. could be another meaning there. Right. I will completely confess that it was when we started listening to this album for this podcast. It was when I finally was like, wait, what are... They're not, those aren't just random letters. They're spelling out <laughs> something. Let me listen to that again. And, of uh-huh. course, it's not a difficult thing to understand. It's finally. Right. But I also, before we get too deep into this song, um, <laughs> <laughs> do you think it's coincidence that the first song for this is Mia Boca, My Mouth, My Lips, My Labia, and it's followed by track two, G-Spot. Uh-huh. This yeah. sounds like it's a very mature album like to me this is like a higher no offense to apollonia and vanity's albums which i enjoyed a lot but this is like a more mature lyrical album to me than those super fair it's still rooted in it's still rooted in the same uh kind of things that prince was writing for women artists Mm -hmm. at the time which was all very sexual yeah you know which i kind of respect too i mean that was not something that was super accepted to, was to have a very sexual female. Yeah, that's true. So I thought it was empowering in a cool way. Uh-huh. It's got a super short chorus. It does. And then there, I was a little confused by some of the lyrics. I am a clock. The time is 9.15. I thought do about you that. Have, do you have an opinion? Because I don't really understand what that means. Yes, I do. Okay. My opinion is that 9.15 on an analog clock, the arms are laying flat. Oh. So that is either a side view of someone laying on their back or uh-huh. perhaps someone's legs, legs spread. spread wide open. Oh. I could that see that also so at 3.45, but 9.15 sounds a lot better. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. So I think this song has a super Purple Rain type sound to it, which makes sense. The song is about, of course, sexual pleasure, but... What this song is about for me is the bass playing by Prince throughout mm-hmm. this whole thing. It is like just these bass hits. Boom. And you can hear them all over the place once you start listening to them. It's not a constant bass like underlying. It's like bass accents that happen every once in a while that are very Prince at this during this period. Very cool. Yeah. So can we go through what all these sure. acronyms stand for? Because I, ha- I do have questions about them. Even okay. though I may have cracked the 915 code. <laughs> yeah. So F is for frustration. Got it. F is for frustration. I is instigation. Got it. I is instigation. N is for the naked body and for what my naked eye can see, which I think is fun. Uh-huh. The very short chorus that you mentioned, which is basically... <laughs> Where, oh, where can you be? <laughs> yeah. We've lost it. Where right. is it? It's like an Easter egg hunt. So this was the subtitle written in the book. A is for America and for the things you read in magazines. What is it that you read in magazines that start with A? A is for America and for the things you read in magazines. So 
is like a Prince Riddle of the Sphinx. Uh, this is <laughs> the one thing I could not figure out about this song. A is for America and for the things you read in magazines. Uh, Asinine? It could, it could be Asinine. It could just be saying that what you read in magazines is an exemplification of America. So A is for America, and what you read in magazines is well, like, what it might exemplifies not, America. It might not start with A, but right. it's a definition of America. Right. Okay. That was what I took from it. All right. So L is for location. I am a clock. The time is 9.15. Mm-hmm. I think we've got that settled. L is for the lust we share. We want to know that infamous pleasure. Got it. L is for the lust we share. And then Y stands on its own, you know, almost as a bridge. Uh-huh. Y is for my yearning. I'm burning into mystery, mm-hmm. which is just the... Uh, conclusion. The conclusion. Why is for my yearning? This is something I mentioned to you earlier today, which you said you did not want the story on. That's right. And I'm not going to tell the whole story now, but I'm going to point it out so you can put a little clip in here. At two minutes and 25 seconds, there's a bass part. That is kind of a rising bass, like brinding, 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 that's kind of thing. And I want to revisit it on a couple other songs that we come to later. Okay. That's all I've got to say about that. <laughs> okay. Uh, at two minutes and 54 seconds, a sax solo. Then there are three sax players on this track. Who plays the solo seems to be unknown or unmentioned. Mm-hmm. And there's a galactic sound effect there. I thought that was like super. I'm glad like, you heard it. Yeah. Super 80s, super 1999 era. Yes. Yeah. And it made me go back and listen to an album we both enjoy. Jamiroquai's mm. A Funk Odyssey oh. has all kinds of sound effects like that in it. And I was hoping that it might have been like a stock thing. That both songs contained, uh-huh. but they are a little different. Okay. But if you like that kind of thing, a funk odyssey is worth a listen. Yeah. The bongo drums at the end were really fun. Yeah. I agree. And then I had my final note on this was to ask you. Okay. Should this song be sung by a man or by a woman? I don't think it matters. I think anybody can be looking for the G spot. Okay. Whether you're uh, looking for it on a partner or by yourself. Okay. Because my initial thought was, I can definitely see a man singing it because they've got they don't have the equipment, right? Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, well, and it's notoriously difficult to find. And Grafenberg said at one point she wished she'd never come up with this infamous spot oh that it was well, that she different for that, everyone w- well and that it, it's different for everyone there's some signs of where it might be located but it's not really a thing in and of itself it's part of a larger organ yeah that's only fairly recently been she wished she'd never come up with it because people were obsessed with it huh so darn you Gravenberg. <laughs> then we have violet blue Credited to Jill Jones. 
Right. Credited to Jill Jones, although according to Prince Vault, the song was written solely by Prince. Right. And, and is it, registered in the Library of Congress under the name Joey Coco. Yes. Yeah. The subhead on this one, what's a woman to do? Indecision reigns and the catalyst eyes of violet blue. That's cool. Yeah. Boy, does this song sound like a Camille era track or Housequake or If I Was Your Girlfriend or a song that will be on Sign of the Time Super Deluxe called Emotional Pump. Right. Well, and it makes sense because Mm -hmm. this is one that was recorded much closer to the release of the album, October of 1986. Yeah, it was not pulled from Jill and Prince history. It was something that was written specifically for this album. Right. right? Yeah. Um, I did not realize, and I don't know if we mentioned when we covered Maite's Child of the Sun, that it was kind of tried out for her mm-hmm. on an early version of her album when it was called Latino Barbie Doll. Yes. Uh, but it was removed, not sure why, when it evolved into Child of the Sun. Right. Whatever. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's interesting information, but I mean, poor Maite, I felt like her whole album was like lifted from somebody else's stuff. It I'm was. Like, this just would have been another example yeah. of, of a song that was previously released, too. Yes. Not something that was laying around that never saw the light of day. So Jill's version is mostly performed by Prince, Eric Leeds, and Atlanta Bliss, mm-hmm. who all of which... Who, all of whom we saw in the Sign of the Times concert film. And before we get too deep into the album, I was questioning, like, following the way this was tracked, is this song about the one lover she's had since she was 12? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, or it's about the other lover. The one who wants her lips? Uh Although she said it's a man she was promised to. Right. So she's already said, you want my mouth. I love another, so wouldn't that other be the one that she's promised to? Unless things could have happened during G-Spot that made her change her mind. Well, this that's, is what I'm thinking. He found it. Yeah. <laughs> where where can you he be? Pro- oh, he, there it is. He proved his worth. <laughs> <laughs> so I mentioned bass playing by Prince. 24 seconds to 33 seconds. Focus on the bass. It is incredible, and Prince, I think, is so underrated on that instrument, and this album features his bass playing like in broad daylight, but also under kind of a cloak of secrecy. Mm-hmm. You don't realize, like, what I'm listening to, especially here, is basically a Prince song, truly a Prince song. Right. Um, with Jill, who's very competent and owns it and makes it her own. It's awesome. Yeah, I mentioned some of the songs it reminds me of, Housequake, uh, Emotional Pump, If I Was Your Girlfriend, Rebirth of the Flesh, all of which are songs that were recorded during this era. Mm-hmm. What struck me, too, is that it's fairly simply written. It doesn't sound like a complex song, and it's really nicely sung and de- uniquely delivered by Jill, but it's the least sing-songy song on the album. It's okay. sung kind of off the beat. It's sort of spoken, and it seems like it'd be a tough song to learn to sing and deliver like she did. Like, it took me four or five listens to kind of figure out where the vocals come in. Cause they uh-huh. don't really fit in a traditional kind of sense. Right. I don't know. It felt sto- a little like slam poetry to me. A little, a little. bit. Um, mm-hmm. And it's almost like a haiku. Some of these lyrics, Ooh. all aflame mm-hmm. her body. When he approaches steam heat,
Now it doesn't follow the haiku whatever that five, is five seven, seven five, five yeah uh, syllables, but it that's what it kind of felt like to me. So I thought totally that was agree. Really that's fun. what I meant. Like written to look simple, but it's but it is very well thought out and uh, does evoke imagery in your mind when you listen to a song, which to me is a great story song. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. We mentioned odd numbers that appear throughout here, uh-huh. like 12 we just had. 915 seems like a random thing until maybe you start thinking about it uh-huh. a little more. She closes her eyes, imagines his voice, so sweet, so sweet, 11 minutes and she'll be late. She What right? Like she's just she's just got this short amount of time, yeah. and it's not ten minutes. No, it's, it's not. not fifteen minutes. It's eleven minutes. Yep. She's counting down. This is how much time she has to make her decision. Yes, like she's got ten minutes to make her decision. In eleven minutes, she's late. And then she thinks later. Eleven minutes to love is too little, too much. I could listen forever. Again, like you said, slam poetry yeah. kind of thing. Really surprisingly smart when I started oh, yeah. like looking at the lyrics and listening to it carefully. Not that I expected it to be a dumb song, but <laughs> no. it was not a uh, a typical track. Yeah, it was a little deeper than you thought it was maybe initially. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even when she gets to the point where... It's like about a minute into the song, and she sings, we already lost one minute. For us, that's one more year we got in it. Uh So it's like a minute to her with him is like a year, which to me is also a really creative way of saying that time spent with you means a lot to me. Mm -hmm. Dang, Violet Blue is deep. (laughs) It is deep. Yeah. They're holding hands at one point, and she seems like she's unclear if this violet blue eyed man is married or not, which is weird because she says she's promised to him. So how could she not know that if, Oh, I thought it was the guy she wasn't promised to that she was holding hands with. Like it was a stolen moment. Oh, I thought this was all about the guy across the street with eyes of violet blue across the street waits a man she's promised to. And she's singing about him. I don't know. You think she's singing about two different men? Yes, I do. Hmm. Hmm. Yes, I think there's a love triangle. She's got to make a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Change. She's not a clock anymore. That's true. Though I turn Shh. away and notice the time, it's late. <laughs> Though I turn away and notice the time, it's late. If she were a clock, she'd have known she was late. We know she has clocks around because <laughs> she knows when it's nine fifteen. A little further back at 2 minutes and 30 seconds when she says, 11 minutes to love. How low her voice deepens at the end of that line shows a lot of her vocal range and is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it shared a little bit with uh, Mia Boca 
a little bit, like at three minutes and 40 seconds, there was kind of an organ sound. Oh, okay. And I thought it kind of had some similarities to Mia Boca. Which was kind of a nice, like, tie-in tie to in? the... Yeah, the first three songs sound like they belong together, mm-hmm. and it's sequenced the right way. Yes. For sure. Agreed. With the exception of this song, Fading Out, which I'm... Never a great big fan of. No. Then we have With You, which is, of course, credited to Prince as the Would be writer. hard not to. Yes, because it was on his uh, self-titled album in 1979. Right. Uh, the subhead on this one is, I guess my eyes can only see as far as you. Which <laughs> is very romantic. It's really weird to me. This song <laughs> is a cover of the Prince song. Right. Credited to him, like I said, because I think it'd be obvious, to, easy to debunk. It has already been recorded and released by him on a solo uh, track on his self-titled album. But it's the one song on the album that doesn't have any musical input by Prince. Right, which is a little weird. It is weird. It's a group of other people who recorded it all. Jill Jones, Steve Gadd, Hugh McCracken, Steve Stevens. These sound like made-up names, but I think they're real. Uh-huh. Uh, Mike Chase and Ron Mouncey okay. is the band. So maybe, I don't know. It's funny how it's the one cover of a release Prince song on this album and likely the only track on the album that didn't involve Prince at all. Maybe he just figured he had already recorded his version and yeah. said, Jill... Do it. Go to, if you want to rec- record it, do it. I'm not going to put my finger in the pot. Right. That's certainly possible. Did you find that this song, maybe this version, borders real close on country? Oh, yeah. It's maybe, super twangy. Maybe dangerously slow with the <laughs> sliding guitar. And to my ears, it comes a little bit out of nowhere. where We've got this very yeah. 80s sounding, very cool beats and this Bass uh-huh. hits and it's funky. And now we're in country land. And we're in country land and it's a super sweet, sugary, saccharine laden mm-hmm. song. Yeah. Um, that is very sweet. You know, uh-huh. it's certainly a sweet song. It's the sweetest song probably here. Just a simple love song about how much I love you. Right. And I can't see any, any further than you. But it just feels... A little out of nowhere. And that might be by design, too. Like, we want to throw this song in here, and mm-hmm. we're going to change it up a bit. The pace is going to change. Right. I did like how her delivery of the word fool, it lasts like six or seven seconds, and it's. I thought it was really impressive. And she does that a couple of times. Beautifully sung, mm-hmm. for sure. And um, at the end, she changes the mm-hmm. word always to only. Yes. And I thought Prince's word always, always. conveys kind of a desire to be close. Uh-huh. And Jill's only kind of... A, conveys an exclusivity yes rather than a desire like it's more a little more like ownership because i only only wanna be with you. 
That's a good interpretation. Yeah. I think it also fits in with her... I don't want to say that Jill's persona on the album is a little bit crazy, <laughs> but it is a little crazy at times and obsessive. I, I would say wild. Wild, uh, sure. Passionate. I said I didn't want to say crazy. Well, well then I'm giving you additional words, Thank you. Too. Those are good. Uh-huh. Yes. Wild. That's, that's good. Uh-huh. Where I think that's another reason maybe for that lyric change is like ultra focused obsessive not in a crazy way right but in uh like you said exclusive but also passionate i'm only excited wild i'm only thinking about Uh uh-huh right yeah Uh uh-huh yeah just very focused yep yeah so i don't know this song has got enough sliding guitar to get me through the end of this pandemic (laughs) <laughs> so you don't uh, need to hear any more sliding guitar <laughs> no well that's good because we're not going many places that might play country music over the pa system so that nope. might you won't have to listen to it maybe, until the end of the pandemic maybe the grocery store but that's because we live in texas uh yeah probably not they're they're pretty good about playing pop, pop music from the 90s now like yeah. i'm like hey i remember this song Ooh. and then i realize i'm old yeah it's <laughs> just what you want to feel when you're <laughs> yes. picking out avocados yeah. is how old you are exactly all right and then we have all day all night Initially recorded with the Revolution live in June of 1984 at First Avenue. I look forward to getting to that performance too because yeah. it is a beautiful recording of that show uh-huh. uh, that had been circulating in audience as an audience recording for uh-huh. decades. Yeah, and it was within the last five to six years that a soundboard recording <laughs> was released. So this original version, which was Wendy's. I believe first concert with the revolution is circulating in soundboard quality. And that's where the basic tracks of this song come from. Awesome. Kind of like what he did with baby. I'm a star and purple rain where they were performed live and then taken into the studio and turned into a studio Mm -hmm. version. The subhead lyrics on this one from the book. Oh, is this your mouth? Or am I swirling in some wet tornado? So does it say wet? It does say wet. Did you You, read on diffuser.fm Jill's interview about this song? I did. She didn't know if it was wet or white. So she slurred them together. Yeah. Well, she was talking about her and her recording engineer or whoever she was recording with that they both decided, well, we're not sure. So let's kind of make it somewhere in between. Mm hmm. I thought that was kind of a cool story. I, Although I when I listen too. to Prince's version, you think about the context, it's I, It wet. seemed wet. It yeah. sounded like wet to me, but yeah. we'll get there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. In context, I think you could figure that out. It's not the wet house. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Or from Play in the Sunshine, when the big wet rabbit begins to talk. Uh, right. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It starts out, there's some lyrics right at the beginning. Oh, what a beautiful ass. Oh, what a beautiful ass. And I'm like, hey, there's a song on Purple Rain Deluxe called Wonderful Ass. That's true. That's the first thing that came to mind. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I don't think I connected the two because I, re- I remember getting Prince's version on a cassette. It was a cassette 
single, it was like a 10-minute tape. Then it was the only thing on the front and the back side. So I was so happy I didn't have to rewind it to listen to it. (laughs) And um, yeah, so, oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful ass. Uh Is there a more Prince line from like 1984 (laughs) than that? Yeah, so there's this whole spoken intro, right, that um, I think it was also in Diffuser FM where they talk about it like the hallway speech version of Computer Blue that has this weird spoken part. It's not at the beginning like this. It's in the, at, at the end of the song, actually. But that's kind of what this is reminiscent mm-hmm. of. Right. Yeah, she's a white fox dying a slow and horrible death. Yes, instead yes. of... Well, we'll talk about Prince's yeah. version in a little while. We will. <laughs> On Jill's version and Prince's version, you might say that I'm amused to the point where my blood increases, my heartbeat accelerates, and my mouth waters uncontrollably. You might say that I'm amused to the point where my blood increases, my heartbeat accelerates, and my mouth waters uncontrollably. This was like another, we mentioned, Bernhoft... And like weird English. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think what this means is where my blood pressure increases. Does your blood increase? Blood flow could increase to different parts of your body. But I think is that's it a what little it's... weird wording <laughs> to say, I'm amused to the point where my blood increases? Maybe it's like hot. And when things are hot, they expand. It might be what they're saying, but it's just weirded worded. Sure, right? it's weirdly worded. It's so, awkward. I don't know. The, the grammar nerd in me wants to put WW in the margin <laughs> next to these lyrics. Like, weird wording. Uh-huh. Yeah. Even though I love it, I think it's, it's weird. It's weirdly yeah. worded. And this was more of the, what were some of the words you used that weren't crazy? Wild. Yep. <laughs> Uh, passionate, yep. <laughs> focus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is like more of that persona. Yes. Yeah. Up all day, up all night. You can be my baby. I was like, it sounds like she has a baby. If she's up all day, and up all night. <laughs> sounds like what came after this. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it is a, yes, it's a, it's, it's a, a look into the future. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You deal with the wet tornado. You may end up all, up all day and up all night because of the baby. Yep. Yeah. Even the lyrics here, which I know this song existed, not really in, in concert with Mia, Boca, but her opening lyrics of, oh, are these my lips or are they petals from some crazy flower? There we've got my lips, which is basically mm-hmm. the title of the opening track. So right. again, kind of nice how all these songs fit together. And I love the question followed by a question writing style of the song. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, is this your mouth or am I swirling in some wet tornado? Yeah. You know, that every little thing about you is wild and untamed, untamed and a little bit crazy. <laughs> right. Unexpected. Unexpected. I can't remember your words. I can only come back to my <laughs> word, which I don't want to use. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, at two minutes and 28 seconds, we've got Dr. Fink. Keyboards that are super what are Purple they, Rain Revolution. They are. They sounded so familiar to me. I, I can feel all right. I can feel all right. 
they were from something. And I played it for you and you're like, that's not from anything I know. And I'm like, it's from something, but I don't know what it is. I don't have the knowledge that you do. Usually when I play something like that for you, you're like, oh, that's rattles it off, you know, one second challenge yeah, style. And I and hear it. And of course I've heard, I've heard it before, uh, you know, hundreds of times. And I felt like a host from Westworld. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't sound like it. anything to me. <laughs> uh, oh, is this your house? Am I in an ocean of desire? I love those lyrics. Yeah, it's fun. That's great. I love the housequake reference oh, with Shakalaka. And this came before Housequake, so yeah. it's like Housequake references this song, essentially. I'm sure that Housequake was already... Do you think it was already recorded by this time? No. You don't think so? No. Oh, okay. By 1984? No. Oh, not 1984. That's true. It was a Prince thing. So maybe it was just uh, mm-hmm. most recognizable from him directly in Housequake. How about yes. that? Yep. Um, and there's some like randomish words at like four and a half minutes, which yes. is just kind of the words, but it's uh-huh. almost like vocalizing. And it reminded me a lot of Toy Box. Oh, yeah. Uh, for, by Sheila E. Uh-huh. It was sort of similar. Like, it kind of makes sense, but not really. And this was part and of the interview that we were talking about on Diffuser that she said Prince encouraged her to make it almost unintelligible to mm-hmm. go crazy with it. And uh, she did an awesome job with it. What I couldn't, I mean, I, and you can't make out some of what she's no. saying. It goes high, low, all over the place. She's like bouncing off the studio walls. I was trying to figure out, is it Jill or is it Prince singing underneath her? Start, don't stop, make love every night and all day. Oh, I don't and know. And I've been going back and forth yeah. on it because it sounds like Princess Falsetto, but it also sounds like Jill. I just have a question. I don't have an answer. Well, I don't have an opinion, so uh, <laughs> All right. well, well, I'll put a little clip of it and people can listen. Okay. I also had a note. It's very cryptic. I don't know why I wrote this down. <laughs> Josh confusing himself with his own notes. I feel obligated to read it since I wrote it down. Listen to Prince's guitar playing at three minutes and 26 seconds. It's the best way I can describe my notes. (laughs) And it is, uh, it's underneath her singing all day, all night. You can be my baby, make you feel all right, repeating four times. And there's guitar playing underneath it. That I apparently was impressed by. Was very impressed by. Okay. All right. And then we have For Love, the third and final single. Uh, I could not find a specific release date of the single. Me either. August or September of 1987. All I could find was about four months after the release of the album. So my notes say. Roughly a year after the album's release, For Love oh. was released as the album's third and final single. Oh. 
I didn't know it was that long. There may be conflicting information out that's, there, too, about it. Uh, that's it. It was released as a single. That's as definitive as we can be. And it's the last one. Yeah. And the last one, yes. So the uh, lyric subhead in this one, For love, I would suffer kisses from another if that was what turned you on. Well, if I've got to. <laughs> <laughs> so this song dates back to May 30th, 1985, so even a little older than what we've recently covered. Uh, there's some quiet bass in the left channel mm-hmm. right at the beginning, mm-hmm. like at 13 seconds in, that I just thought was super cool, that it's just in that left channel. It like feels like it's coming from, when I have oh. it in headphones, like the back of my neck. Oh. I'm glad that you pointed that out. I have the very same note. Yeah. In fact, I have that. uh, Well, this song, first of all, makes awesome use of left and right channels. The downbeat is on the left. The upbeat is on the right for the entire song, but not in a way that I would think would be disorienting to folks like you who are Mm -hmm. sensitive to that kind of thing. It's smooth, it's a little growling, and it's jazzy. And the beginning of it made me think of it being an early version of Cream. If you go back and listen to the beginning of Cream, and it's got a little bit of bass and some repeating keyboards at the beginning... This song have a real deep connection, if you ask me. Oh, very cool. Um, I also didn't realize that Jellybean Johnson played drums uncredited Cool on this. And uh, St. Paul Peterson, lead singer for the family, plays bass guitar uncredited. That bass you're talking about was mm-hmm. him. Jerry Bean cool. Johnson was also the drummer of the family. And Eric Leeds on saxophone also in the family. So mm-hmm. we've got a revolution song followed by <laughs> basically a song with a lot of the family. Very cool. I love how this is a duet, but it's not really treated like one. It's not noted It's not noted as featuring Prince, you know, right. although it's clearly the first time that Prince makes a vocal appearance on the album. Yes, for sure. So I, lo- I think it's a great duet, and I love how Prince gradually gets more featured and Prince's guitar noodling. Happens under all of it. Mm-hmm. Super fun. So I try to put it in the, you know, being the stellar mathematician that I am, as you know. <laughs> I try to put it in percentages. There's basically three verses here. Okay. And I have verse one is 90% Jill, 10% Prince. If you're listening for him, you can hear him. Verse two is 60% Jill, 40% Prince. And by the time you get to verse three, it's 80% Prince and 20% Jill. Super fun. Yeah. There's a lyric... Do most anything for love. Uh huh. Do most anything for love. And I was like, hey, it's like I would do anything for love by Meatloaf, except, you know, good. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, those like are good night version. and day comparisons. They right? are, but the, <laughs> like the, 
the lyrics are just similar enough and Meatloaf's stupid version is just ubiquitous enough yeah. to make the connection. Well, Jill is not crazy, but wild wild enough to not say, I won't do that. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> she would literally she do, would do anything. It. This song is doesn't have but an asterisk in she it. She doesn't say, I would do anything for love. She says, do most anything. She's given herself an that's, out. That's true. Without making a statement and then walking it back in the very next line. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Which is what makes it far superior in that respect than Meatloaf's version. And it's, it's my opinion, superior to Meatloaf's uh, stupid song. It does. I don't, I'm not a Meatloaf fan, in case you can't tell. Me either. <laughs> um, the. Entire first verse, for love, I have given you the very best any woman ever can. For love, I would follow you everywhere you go. My friends don't understand. Under that entire section, if you pay attention to what's happening behind Jill's vocals, is Prince noodling on a guitar, Mm -hmm. staying completely out of her way so she can, you know, be featured. But um, I would encourage you to go and listen to the guitar part there. At, you know, I mentioned that little bass guitar part in G spot. Yes. Moons ago. From a minute two to a minute and five seconds, you can hear the same bass part from G spot at the two minute and 25 second mark in G spot. They are identical. And I've got more to say about that later. Okay. I think you really start to easily hear Prince in mm-hmm. the bridge. Mm-hmm. Baby, if you're lonely, I'm the one and only doctor that's got And his guitar playing is like his second part. He's got a vocal part, and then he's got this guitar part where it seems, it sounds to me like it's improvised. Okay. Especially two minutes and 10 seconds to two minutes and 18 seconds. There's an instrumental part that sounds like it's just Prince having a good time. I'm going to lay down something here and fill it in and make it sound good. And uh, as usual, nails it. And then it ends with, I got to go feed the dog. And then the little howling. It's funny. Yes. Great. I got to go feed the dog. Other little part that I wanted to mention, too, at 2 minutes and 56 seconds, there's a buried part of Prince's vocals where he sings, hey, hey. And then you can hear it much better in the remixes that we'll get to in a little bit, but it's fun to try to pick it out at about 2 minutes and 56 seconds. The online lyrics, because there aren't any in the booklet. Okay, yes. When she says, a kaleidoscope of musical colors Uh hit me. And then Prince says, I've always heard him say, colors, like in the background. (laughs) But the lyrics say, Coca-Cola. And I don't think that's what... You don't think it says Coca-Cola? I think it's him saying a weird way of uh, kind of vocalizing colors, like to echo what she says about a kaleidoscope of musical colors. Huh. 
Oh. And then I hear Coca-Colas. Oh, I heard Coca-Cola too. Before you read the lyrics? I, I don't know that there was a separation. Well, that might call for a lyric battle oh, online, well. which the last one I lost terribly. I don't even remember what it was, except that it was a um, a landslide loss for me. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Sometimes you hear the things wrong, and that's more fun that way. Yep. All right. I no. wish that I had Jesse's squirrel. <laughs> that was an Alvin and the Chipmunks song. That's the only way I sing it, though. Well, now it's like a... Whatever lyricspot.com has it as Coca-Cola, which I don't think Prince is saying. Okay. How about uh, My Man? Yes. Track with, seven. With the subhead lyrics of, just because you know that I love you like a hurricane doesn't mean you can talk me down. Mm-hmm. You know that I'm your woman. Baby, 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 you're my man. Tracking again took place in May 1985 mm-hmm. uh, at Sunset Sound right after, this is so crazy to me, right after compiling a first configuration for the Parade album. So, good Lord. This is another one credited to Joey Coco in right. the Library of Congress. Yep. Yep. Basically, it's Jill Jones on vocals and Prince on all instruments. Listening to it for the first time in a long time, it made me wonder if this is one of the most dated sounding of all the songs on the album. Does it sound like an 80s pop song the most? But it's got fun drum sounds, somewhat similar to Around the World in a Day drum sounds, Mm -hmm. which was around this time. I tried to sum up the meaning of this song in one line, and I came up with this. This is some deep thinking. Deep. All right. Basically, comma, you know I love you, comma, why do you have to cheat, question mark. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she basically says that much. (laughs) What's the point in cheating? Yeah, but you know, she's still, he's still her man. He cheats on her, and she's still like, Yeah, like, why do you have to do that? I'll give you everything you want. Yeah. I'll accept you back, Uh is really what it means, which, again, it's not crazy, but it's possessive? (laughs) A little? I'm going to start going with crazy pretty soon, but okay. <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's merit to forgiving a partner. Sure, But yes. there's also, they're not married. Like, if he's cheating on you and you're doing all these things for him. Yeah. You know, why, why, maybe let's examine deeply about why you want him to be your man. That's true. You could go back four tracks and talk to that guy who had the crazy eyes across uh, the street. That's right. If you she, have 11 minutes to spare. <laughs> <laughs> she might need a little therapy. Not that she's crazy, but everybody can benefit benefit from, uh, you know, talking to somebody about stuff sometimes. Yeah. Sorting yeah. through what's going on in your that's, heart. That's right. I love the different kind of guitar that's happening in the left channel in each of these verses. Um, just because you're the finest of your mama's children doesn't mean you can play around. That verse is an acoustic guitar in the left channel by Prince. That's awesome. And I also love how this song is written, too, that it's, you know, just because you're X doesn't mean you can Y. 
and they're related in some way too, uh-huh. you know. Um, you're hot, finest, but you don't get to treat me bad. Right. You're the finest of your mama's children, but you can't play around like children do. Yeah. You know, because I love you like a hurricane doesn't mean you can talk me down. Like, hey, it's, you know, it's time to get inside. It's dangerous. Yeah. Just because you know that I love you like a hurricane doesn't mean that you can talk me down. Don't There's a lot of that happening. I liked another wind water event too. It was uh, a hurricane in the song. Yeah. It was a tornado. Yeah, in all night, all day, all night. Uh-huh. You're right. At a minute exactly in the second verse, the guitar hits in the right channel on uh, just because I kiss you in front of my friends doesn't mean you can play around with my pride. And there's basically just like these. Mm-hmm. Kind of guitars going on uh-huh. that I'd never noticed before. And I was just trying to listen to parts, not just the entire thing. Like, what are the pieces that make this thing come together and kind of work? Because it's a very fun song. And that really stood out to me. That's really cool. And now that it just hit me, you say, now you can't play around with my pride. It's almost like. Her pride is her uh, group of friends, as if they're lions. Lions, you're right. That's cool. You're right. Huh. There is. So he's cheating on her with her friends. Maybe she needs better friends. Sounds like she needs better friends and a better boyfriend. But (laughs) (laughs) it's time to level up. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and like you said, a somewhat. Not obvious, but a somewhat, I don't know, just explanatory chorus of don't I give you everything that you want? Don't I give you everything I can? Then what's the point of cheating? Like, she know these are rhetorical questions. The answer is yeah. yes. What's the point in cheating? I don't understand. You know that I'm your woman. Baby, baby, you're my man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Weirdly then, sweet. Yes. and But then at like two minutes and 15 seconds, she gets really loud and upset. And yes. Her Screamy. Vo- yeah. It really vocally fits her... Mm-hmm. The lyrical content. Yes, I it was like great. I've about had it with this BS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just before that, in a minute and 50 seconds, now it's an electric guitar in the right channel. And mm-hmm. it's awesome when she sings, uh, just because you are the finest of your mama's children doesn't mean you can play around. Kind of a, a refrain. And then it kind of ends with what sounds like uh, theater thunder. Yes. Yeah. It sounds like they or, have that big, uh-huh. like, piece of metal yeah, that that's a little shake. bit flexible backstage. One of the stage hands has to get back there and that's a good job. shake it just right at the right time and yes. make it stop at the right time. It's yes. a stressful job. I don't drop it. Oh, ours that was be... hanging from the ceiling when I was in oh, high really? school theater. Yeah. Ours was, you know, it was... skinny 15-year-old kid with a giant piece of metal. Yeah. Should have been wearing gloves. <laughs> <laughs> I think I learned to love my man a little bit more every time I listen to it. It's kind yeah. of fun. Yeah. It grew on me, for sure. All right. For sure. Fair enough. And then the final song on the album, not the final thing we're going to cover today, despite the fact that we're far into this episode already is baby you're a trip which we've covered 
before because it came out on originals. Yes, Prince's version. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, we covered it in depth. Yes. Um, but that was not the first studio version released, of course, which was the case with all of those songs. Right. The subhead on this one is, oh, yeah. Baby, you're the cross that's too deep to bear. Baby, you're a star that's too far away. Sweet. Yeah. I love this song. I love this song, too, and I am shocked that he gave it away. But I am thrilled that he gave it to Jill Jones because I think it almost pains me to say it, but Jill's got Prince on this one. I I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Not that his version is not amazing and incredible and well-sung, but Jill just, it, it fits her persona, it fits her vocal range, the end of it, when she says, hey, it is like just perfectly written and made for her. Yes. And I'm glad that hers was the version that saw a release, and I wish it had been more successful and widely yeah. heard. It should have been a single. Should have been. Yeah. Like, I mean, I feel like I say this a lot Yeah. when we're talking about Prince and particularly associated artists, yeah. that the wrong songs... I think that that is true, and you could ask every Prince fanatic on earth, and they would tell you that one of the biggest lacks of talent in Prince's arsenal was the ability to pick singles. I agree. Although, For Love was a single, and I feel like that should have been like as successful as A Love Bazaar between Prince and Sheila. That was a great selection. I don't know there. It might be just promotion too busy to pay attention to it or whatever it was, but it just didn't work out. But I had forgotten that Prince wrote the song for Jill because they each snooped in each other's diaries. (laughs) (laughs) So it was always meant for her. Yeah. It seems to be. Yeah. So Prince's version on originals, there was no orchestration. It was a little bit more bare and raw and uh, Jill's Vocals on this are accompanied by more orchestration and violins, and it really fits the song beautifully, I thought. I agree, and I think it fits really well tracked after My Man. Yeah. That he's flawed. But she still loves him. Yeah. And here he's so much work. He's too much work. What a pain in the ass. An ocean too wide, a cross too deep, a star too far, a trip and a half. You're blinding. But she's willing to go the distance. And I really think that that level of commitment is beautiful and admirable. And the song is just. It, you could say it's obsessive. Is it crazy? I think we might have reached crazy by here, but that's fine. No, no, I don't think it's crazy. I think it's crazy dedicated. Good. good, yes. Like crazy in love, uh-huh. blinded by everything but this one person. And even though everyone tells me, you're the worst, I'm starstruck, you have me blind, I don't care. Right. It doesn't yeah. matter to me. She doesn't care if he's rich or poor. Nope. No, everybody says she's just in him for the money, and that's not it. She's in love. She's dedicated. Yes, he could be flat broke. The horns that are added here are also great. A minute and 57 seconds, there are some great little horn hits that are great. 
And this song is, I don't know, critically, or not critically, sorry, criminally under mentioned as far as background vocals go to that the doo-wahs in the background like at two minutes and 22 seconds there's some background vocals that are just great and that also mentions something in the water don't compute yeah just right after those background vocals that you mentioned. Yeah. Which I thought was a super fun 1999 reference. Yeah. Yeah. And then she gets all gospely sounding at the end. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, so you're good. talking about the end where it matches the intro to the album. Mm-hmm. Um, there are piano hits behind her vocals that are really cool, and they're not in the originals version either, where Prince gets to the end, and they're not in the part at the very beginning of the album either that we mentioned at the beginning of the album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, very cool. Yeah, I want you every day. Uh-huh. Hey. <laughs> All right, so that's the end of the album, but it's not quite the end of what we're going to cover today. But stick with us through this quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, Ollie. Hey, Dave. Welcome to the What Difference Does It Make podcast. Where we talk all things 80s, but mostly music. Yes, and this week we talk with Chris Franz, the drummer of Talking Heads. And we get into it with Chris. It's a lot of fun. We have a two-part interview. First one is out now. Next one will be out next Friday. Much like your hosts that you're listening to right now have great stories about Prince. We have wonderful stories about the 80s as well. So check us out. We are What Difference Does It Make? Podcast. Thanks for sticking with us through that quick break. Geez, thanks for sticking with us, period. <laughs> That's right, because we're ways in. Man, much longer than the Jill Jones album. I know. If we had started <laughs> playing her album and talked over it, we'd have to play it twice. Yep, pretty yeah. much. That's just how much we paid attention. That's right. And loved a lot of it. Yes, absolutely agreed. Well, For Love was the single... True. And it came out with some remixes. It did. And I had forgotten about these two. I've had these for a while and they're just like stuck in some playlist somewhere mm-hmm. or on a disc somewhere. But yeah, so we'll start with the four play remix. And I meant to mention this when we covered For Love, that even though this is truly a mostly a Prince written album, well, really, essentially, it is a Prince written album. It just happened to have one cover song of Prince's that he had nothing to do with. <laughs> <laughs> um, that there are, the Prince speak is not here. It's not the number four love. It's right. four love. Yeah. F-O-R. F-O-R. Yeah. But the remix is named four play remix. Mm-hmm. The number four play remix. So this was not remixed by Prince. Nope. It was John Luang- Luango. Yes, I think so. Um, and Gary Hellman. And then additional guitar by Paul Pesco, additional keyboards by Phil Ashley. So it makes me wonder if some of the guitar stuff that we hear that's added is not Prince, that there are other people playing here besides him. Phil Ashley, who you just mentioned, passed away unexpectedly in July 2020. This month? Yes. Oh, no. Yeah, he just passed away. And he worked with many, many big name bands, including Kiss, Mick Jagger, wow. and Aerosmith, among others. 
Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Jeez. Well, it's unfortunate then that this starts with Jill's laughter. <laughs> <laughs> not unfortunate. Just uh, she it's, laughs. It's not. His. It's an unfortunate segue from the passing of someone who had a big part of this song. Jill's got a great laugh. That's what I'm a little. It's it's hard to know what is how this was done because um, it's not just taking the song for love and adding some additional um, music to it. There are different lyrics and uh, that are both by Prince and by Jill that maybe were given to these guys to maybe, you know, include who knows. Yeah. But man, does this song explode into everything eighties from Jill's laughter and the drums and the like repeating drum hand clap sounds. Jill even saying, wish she knew how to play the drums. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. Boy, I sure wish I could play the drums. Oh, well. Hit me. Very endearing. Yeah. This is much more upbeat, more loud, more guitars than the album version. Um, in fact, I also didn't mention the eight songs on the album mastered for the CD, suffer the same fate as Sign of the Times has yeah, since 1987. Yeah, a little flat. It is very quiet and very flat, which I realize, get a good system, turn it up, sounds great. It's better than brick walling and the loudness wars that have gone on forever. Right. But even putting these songs in a playlist with the album version and then these remixes that are mastered at much louder sounds is a little frustrating <laughs> to turn the volume down yes when we got to the end of me too <laughs> like as the end of baby you're a trip fades out uh-huh. like now forever i'm gonna have in my head hey siri turn it down a little <laughs> <laughs> like that's part of the song but it's not right i thought that there's maybe the first instance of scratching on a prince song that may or may not be his because there's additional musicians listed but at 37 seconds it's more like running fingernails or a pick up and down over the electric guitar strings to make uh-huh. it sound like scratching a little bit. And I thought that was kind of neat. And at 58 seconds, there's samples of Prince singing love, like they cut it from other some other spot in the song in the background. That's kind of fun. Very cool. I've mentioned this dang bass line. This is now the third time. (laughs) It's uh, at a minute and 41 seconds to a minute and 44 seconds. And there's going to be one more mention before I've got another mention. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We're 75% of the way through the mentions of this particular bass line. Don't worry, we'll get there eventually. I just, my overall feeling on this is there's just more of everything in this remix, and I actually like all of it. Yeah, I do too. I thought it was really fun. The hit me bit sounded very like a club Uh mix, but Uh in a really, really good way. Very playful and fun instrumentation. Definitely. Uh, You can really hear Prince very clearly in the background. Yes. um, Which is great. 
There's and, there's some percussion at two minutes and forty nine seconds that sounds a lot like Sheila E to me, like she went uncredited here. like her percussion and guitars that are from you got the look oh okay um but there's no mention of you know additional percussion by so-and-so there's guitar and keyboards mentioned but where this additional percussion came from uh it's a mystery to me there's a question mark there okay and then there's the whole funny bit that you mentioned with lyrics that we don't have uh, you want to see my rap collection? <laughs> yes, this That's is like... That whole bit was really funny. So, yo, like you want to see my rap collection? Ooh, yeah. Really funny. Yeah. And they do the same thing at the end of the extended version of Kiss. Prince and Jill have this funny exchange that a lot of people mistake for Wendy, uh-huh. but it's really Jill. And right. And this is a precursor, or actually, I guess it would be a... Uh, an appendix to that since it came out afterwards. It's a continuation of that kind of playfulness. That is a lot of fun. I also mentioned where you can hear Prince's Hey Hey. Um, It's at four minutes and 20 seconds. Um, When he sings, when he sings, don't you know, I gladly give my life for loving you. And there's a little break and he say this kind of vocal accent. Hey, Hey, that's in the, It's in the studio version, but you can hear it a lot better in this version, too. Mm -hmm. Super fun. So I don't know when this version was done, Uh but I wish this one would have been the one on the album. Since the album's so short, I think I would have loved this one to be on the album, honestly. I I love the quietness of the studio version. It fits well, and it's kind of the smooth thing. And this does sound more like, oh, we've taken this initial idea and turn it into something else i'm thankful to have them both that felt like a good radio edit and this could have been the album version that's what i would have okay personally preferred you could also hear at five minutes and 35 seconds under prince's under jill's screams prince is saying oh don't do that kind of fun and playful you can hear when she says i gotta go feed the dog <laughs> arr, arr, arr. at the end mm-hmm. of the studio version it's fading out and here you can hear more of that whole thing where she actually says good dog mm-hmm. you know it's now very hearable it's not buried in a fade out i gotta go feed the dog And the whole the whole chain thing takes <laughs> a different direction. Jill wants to tie up all the women in the world with a chain or a string or a chain. Uh-huh. <laughs> it reminds me of we're watching Friends now with our uh-huh. daughter, right? And it reminds me of when Phoebe on Friends wants to be around her boyfriend day and night, night and day and special occasions. <laughs> That's when Jill wants to use a string and take all their men because they don't deserve them. (laughs) I'm going to take all your men, ladies. You don't deserve them. Only Jill deserves them. She's the only one who knows how to treat them properly. So I don't know how in the lyrics on the original album version, it's her 
love that she wants to tie or her lover that she wants to tie with a chain to put him in a state of mind she thinks so cool. And here she wants to chain up all the women in the world and take all the men because they don't deserve them. Okay. It's just like the amplification level of... Wildness. Wildness. (laughs) is turned up a little. Let me help you out there. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Then we have another... Remix for Love bonus beats, and it does start with some really fun beats, hence yeah. the name. Yes, and Prince identifies what the beats are for us. Mm-hmm. You hear his voice say kick, snare, and then the song kind of kicks in and starts. Kick, snare. I would say. This is mostly an instrumental version of the foreplay remix, but it's got some slight differences. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing you probably liked at 42 seconds, there's a prominent bass part, which I assume is played by St. Paul. And the bass is sort of singing, the, you can sing the song along to the bass part. Uh-huh. That's playing, yeah, it's which like I think the is vocals. Fun. Yeah. yeah. And this reminds me even more of Cream, like I said, on the studio version. Mm hmm. So let me close my loop on this bass part that I've been mentioning. You can hear it in this song at a minute and 44 seconds. I went back and listened to the One Night Alone live tour, which we covered for weeks on end before getting to Sign of the Times. During... The breakdown at the end of Strange Relationship on the One Night Alone live set where Prince is telling, you're killing it, you're killing me with that bass, Rhonda, you're Mm -hmm. killing me. Yeah. From three minutes and 48 seconds to three minutes and 51 seconds on Strange Relationship, same bass line. Super cool. Rhonda plays it, and I don't know if it's something that Prince like coached her on, if he was even aware that this is the same thing, or if it's like kind of a go-to bass line, mm-hmm. like this bass hit. It's only like three seconds long, but it is identical. Super cool. Like, what was that, 15 years later? Mm-hmm. Something like that. So I thought that was kind of a neat way to tie in our One Night Alone coverage with, here we are on Jill Jones, and there's... There's a bridge. Mm-hmm. Super cool. At three minutes and 47 seconds, there's a breakdown with a tambourine and a bass and a rhythm guitar that's reminiscent of La 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 He He He, which is a B-side that we'll cover on the Super Deluxe Edition. Sounds very similar. Cool. And at four minutes and 12 seconds, kind of my last note on this was Prince noodling around with singing love and laughing. Yes, I loved his delightful laughter yes, here. Yes, again, like hearing Prince have fun in the studio is very fun. Again, just hate the fact that this fades out and where it fades out quickly at like four minutes and 35 seconds when Mm -hmm. we get Prince singing, baby, if you're lonely, I'm the one and only. The doctor Uh hasn't got no cure. I'm like, I want to hear more of that. Yeah, me too. Uh. Me too. I was like, come on, man. It fades out and my heart sinks a little bit. (laughs) 
I might once or twice have turned it up at the same rate that uh-huh. it was fading out and then get my ears blown out by our next song. <laughs> yes. Uh, in our early version of Mia Boca. Yeah, I just thought this was, again, looking at 1987 and, and if it had been like a, a Jill Jones super deluxe edition, this could be the kind of song that would be on it or on an originals version too. Right. To hear Mia Bo- Boca with Jill is singing at lead, but mm-hmm. Prince is singing in the background right. to kind of help her support her. And, and it's still a very raw studio track without any of Claire Fisher orchestra parts added. Right. And it's amazing how much more of a 1999 sound it has to it as a result. When I heard Mia Boca... I think of Parade when I hear that song. That's Primarily because it's in the album or on the in the movie. Right. But here it's got much more of a raw 1999 album kind of feel to it. That's super fair. So again, I think it's Jill's same primary vocal track, but you can hear Prince singing back up to her in the chorus. Like mm-hmm. at a minute and eight seconds, he's backing her up with... Uh, would you hold it against me if I said another? I loved another, and he's kind of got this monotone. Would you hold it against mm-hmm. me if I said I loved another? <laughs> he's not really trying to sing it. He's just right. trying to give a little bit more volume to right. you know the recording. And I thought that was fun to hear. Would you hold it against me if I said I loved another? To know if you just don't hear it as much because of the strings and things that are added uh-huh. in the primary version of this but the way she says something's happening uh-huh. is so super 80s and just it's got such a almost poppy robotic sound yep i totally agree yeah um and then I mean, Jill is she's a great vocalist, and oh, yes. her craziness is in a good way. Like the wildness with which she sings, and I know that that was part of what she said. Prince was encouraging her to just be more, be less traditional, be more fun. Right, it comes across here a lot. Like you can hear at three minutes and forty-five seconds, you can hear Prince singing the chorus alone, and Jill is just vocalizing on top of him, and it's really fun to listen to. say it's sort of like jill jones was like reverse madonna if you think about madonna (laughs) in the late 80s right she Uh was she had dark curly hair for like a virgin and some of her early songs then she went totally blonde for true blue Uh and jill went from Blonde. blonde in like 1984 and before that even in the videos for 1999 and like on the album cover right she's got a touch of like a virgin Madonna look. Yes. A little bit. Yes. Not that she was anything like Madonna. I'm just saying that her overall style kind of was reverse Madonna. Yeah, that's super fair. Yeah. They had a similar sort of opposite flavor. Like yeah. they, they were they were the yin went, and the yang. They yes. went together but were different. Yeah. Their yeah. arcs were identically opposite. Mm, that's fair. And I love how her screams echo in the room. Yeah. At the end. Super, yeah. super cool. 
Um, and oh, one last note. Four minutes and 52 seconds. There's the, a breakdown that's in the album song or in the album version that's filled with orchestration. But okay. here it's just Prince on bass guitar playing. Mm-hmm. It's a much more quieter break that is an interesting listen. Like if you just listen to the album break and the this outtake break. Mm-hmm. Similar but different. Yeah. And fun. Then we have the unreleased Prince version of G-Spot, which Jill followed pretty closely. Does this not sound like Sex Shooter from Originals? Yes. Um, This has been circulating forever. It's not great quality, but it's all Prince on all instruments and all vocals. And I thought, man, his falsetto cries near the end of the song at 3 minutes and 10 seconds to 3 minutes and 20 seconds sound almost like they were lifted straight from Sex Shooter from Originals. And I hope that this sees a release someday. But there's a lot missing from the song that's not in Jill's version, including the sax solo. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of miss it. I kind of miss yeah. the saxophone that was in Jill's version. It's fun. Yeah. At two minutes and 24 seconds, is it's the same bass line that I keep mentioning over and over <laughs> and over. It's very clear in here because the song is so stripped down. At two minutes and 24 seconds, you can really hear that burner, 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 burner bass line thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish I had a better term for it. The thing. The, the, the thing that's been everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. The part of Prince's original version that's not part of Jill's version that I miss and I forgot about was Prince toying around playing, calling out Maceo at that's the end. Gonna be the, that was going to be exactly what oh, I was okay. going to say. Go ahead. Yeah. It's yours. I was like, what? when was this? Because he's talking in this Jamie Starr raspy voice. Macy will blow your horn. I don't want no trash. Give me some of that popcorn. Yes. And I'm like, I didn't think they started working together until like the early 2000s. Late, late, 90s. late 90s because okay. Maceo had a part on, you know, like Pretty Man. Oh, and that that's kind of right. Stuff. Yeah. But it was an homage to James Brown and, and saxophonist huh. Maceo Parker. And So before they started working together. Yeah. I don't oh, believe they'd ever cool. even met where Prince says, Maceo, blow yawn. That's I don't so want no trash. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. Fortuitous. Yes. I'm sh- uh, But if you listen to how he calls out Maceo, I also hear Placeo. Placeo. I don't necessarily, and I never, when I was a kid growing up and listening to this outtake, I didn't know who Maceo was, and uh-huh. I thought he said Placeo. <laughs> so I don't know. Listen to so that. So either somebody named Placeo or somebody named Seo who he was telling to play. <laughs> Placeo. <laughs> no, Maceo. I think it's Maceo. Silly little yeah. Josh. Yeah. 
All right. Are we near the end? We're near the end. One last song. Prince's version of All Day, All Night. Whoa. It starts with some German. Ich liebe dich. Yes. Means I love you in German. I can confirm that. <laughs> having taken four years of German. I know. You're right. And speaking German to your dad. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Both of you had about the same so, skill level of German speaking. Which was not bad. No. Not at all. <laughs> Actually, before that, did you hear what Prince is saying at the beginning? I couldn't understand it. Uh, Tell me. I need to have you listen to the um, live performance, which this really is heavily based on. Jill's version is this kind of refined even more in the studio, but Prince's version uses the live performance from his birthday show, 1984, as much of the background and beat. Okay. Um, and, and what he says is part of the concert where he says, Wendy wants to live forever. Maybe she will. Wendy wants to live forever. Maybe she will. Oh. And yeah, he kind of said that off off yeah. uh, mic a little bit. Yeah. So it's I heard the maybe out. she will. Uh, yeah. Okay. Thank Again, you. Again, he was kind of having fun introducing Wendy to the crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, as this 20, whatever she was, 22 year old. Yeah. Yeah. So here we get Prince's spoken intro. Uh huh. He's the purple fox. He is the purple fox, not a white fox. It makes me think when Jill recorded this. If she might have still had blonde hair. Mm-hmm. And that's why she called herself a white fox. Maybe. Take me now, I witness the slow and horrible death of your purple fox. My time is running out. I mean, she's a white woman, so that could be part of where that comes from, but mm-hmm. it just made me think of her hair because it was so radically blonde. different. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds definitely like wet tornado to me. I think it's undis- indisputable. It's I wet. I don't know why they thought it was white, but. So one of them heard it the other way. Yeah. One heard it as white. One heard it as wet. And they were like, well, which is it? I could hear both. What? Wait, we, we can't ask. Yeah, we're going to look like idiots if we ask Prince. Don't call him. <laughs> so they just kind of slurred it together. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. There's a lot happening on this that makes it, I don't know, sound almost like a live studio version because of how it was recorded live and then overdubbed like at three minutes and 54 seconds with him calling out Funky in here. did a lot with the revolution rehearsals and that kind of stuff. He says shakalaka. Yeah. So many times. Yep. Yeah, that's great. Lots of shakalaka. Shakalaka. And it ends with a very churchy organ, kind of like Baby You're a Trip, with Prince happily muttering, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Came from the live recording also with the band. When the song ended, Prince was pleased. And that was kind of him after the song, very happily saying, uh-huh. 
So with that, we say, uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's Jill Jones, part one. That's right, Jill Jones, part one. But we have some selections to make. So we choose three things here. We choose a time capsule, something that exemplifies the time at which the material was recorded or when it was released. We choose a C and SEA, the low point. And we choose a mountain, our high point, what we liked the most. These are my rules, so I go first. We're going to try and do this quickly since this is already a long episode. The time capsule for me was G-Spot because of those telltale 80s sounds, Uh the use of a language other than English. Okay, true. Um, Italian. uh Uh-huh. And uh, the kind of perplexing poetic lyrics. Yeah. Really spoke very 80s to me. Yep. It was almost a precursor to like NXS with their uh, Need You Tonight. Yeah. With uh, the different versions of perpetuate, meditate, whatever it was. And the spelling of the finally was, it kind of reminded me of that too. Yeah. Definitely a time capsule moment. I agree. Mine are simply the four love remixes. They are spectacularly and purely mid eighties masterpieces. I'm done for the time capsule. All right. The, the C uh, it's cheating, but I don't really care. Uh, is that this was the only, Jill Jones album that had Prince involvement because I thought they worked so well together that it was a good combination. He brought out some amazing work from her. She was able to execute things in ways that really complimented Prince. I would have liked to have seen a sophomore album from Paisley Park for Jill. I agree with you. I'm glad that you couldn't pick a song that was a C. Actually, you just wanted more. So that's great. Yeah. Unfortunately for me, my C, and maybe you could guess this by the <laughs> amount of time we spent on the song, is With You. If I was going to choose a song, that was going to be the one I chose. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not a favorite of mine from Prince's album. Right. It's my... Ooh, it's, saccharin. It is. It's the one song that I would skip. And it reminded me of... Like watching performance, stage performances where a, a performer will tell you, we're going to play you a number now. With you comes off like a number. Com- kind of yeah. like it's by the numbers. It's coloring within the lines. It's yep. of all the craziness that goes on on Jill's album. I think I can see why they might have included it as kind of a palate cleanser right in the middle uh-huh. before you get more of zaniness. But um Seeing the zany doesn't bother me. I could do all zany and be fine. It doesn't bother me, but maybe they were thinking, you know, it's one of two ballads on the album. Yeah. uh, Out of eight songs, but I think they could have included something else. Yep. And then uh, The Mountain. The Mountain. Let's hear it. Oh, baby, you're a trip. Yeah. I really like just the great links that somebody's willing to go to. It's very romantic. The clever lyrics. Her fantastic vocal performance. True, true, true. I would add to that, put in a snippet of the opening drums to the song Purple Rain. I never meant to call you when you fall And a snippet of the opening drums to Baby You're a Trip. Just take a look at how similar they are, but how different those songs are. 
They they are cut from the same cloth. It's the same. I can hear Bobby Z playing the opening of Purple Rain drums and Baby You're a Trip. They are almost identical. Very cool. Yeah. All right, what's your mountain? My mountain is For Love, the album version. Just for the Prince duet, the fact that he makes an appearance on the album but doesn't try to upstage Jill in any way, which I think is sometimes difficult for Prince to do. Right. The smooth delivery of it all, uh, the left and right channels with the drums, I love. And then I'm going to give honorable mention to Violet Blue and My Man, which I came to love more while listening to Mm -hmm. the album for this podcast than I ever remembered liking them before. Yeah. Um, Especially Violet Blue and the more that I heard If I Was Your Girlfriend and Housequake and Emotional Pump in the same uh, style of a song. Yeah, super cool. Yep. All right, so tell us what we're going to hear next time. It's going to be another Jill Jones uh, episode. We know that, but tell us specifically. Yep, well, you wished for a second Jill Jones (laughs) album, and I'm going to give it to you. Um, In addition to to eight or nine bonus unreleased songs from this era and also songs that were recorded for a planned second Jill Jones album, We're going to include them here, even though some of those unreleased songs were recorded as late as early, like 1989. We're going to stretch a little bit Mm -hmm. and include it all here. We also have B-sides from singles for this album that we just covered and the extended version of G-Spot and Mia Boca that were released as 12-inch singles. And we'll probably take a look at the Mia Boca video, too. Oh, why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? Well, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. We know you make a choice when you listen to us. We don't just come on the radio. Please rate and review wherever you listen. It really does help us get found. And if for some reason you can't give us five stars, send us an email at tmatspodcast at gmail.com and let us know. Thank you so much. And until next time, happy purple listening. Thanks for listening. i'm gonna put this at the end of the episode josh just walked in during our break after you know a water refill and told the dog she had to come back in because because she's soft and eliminates echo